Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. want to remind you, you can get a new Jeep or Ram for less at Ken Garf West Valley Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. We're going to talk to Aaron, Eric Walden of the Salt Lake Tribune coming up here momentarily. Gordon's losing the Gray versus Brown debate quite furiously. I am not, man. There's a lot of people that are saying that it was Brown and it's fading. And a lot of people have said it's Brown. Losing. What are you talking about over there? Losing. Most people think it's Gray. There's an awful lot of people think it's brownish Gray or grayish Brown. At very least, you need to concede to me that I'm not a lunatic for thinking that's gray, because that's well, basically what you've yeah, been saying. Yeah, but you're saying it with with such absoluteness that uh, you you got to admit there's brown in here. Oh, no. No, I'm not admitting that. I'm admitting right. that that's gray. Although my, my wife weighed in. She said uh, when he bought it, it was probably brown. Now it's beginning to fade to gray, is what she said. But I don't agree. <laughs> I don't think – let me say it this way. Because your sweatshirt is gray, for sure. That is the, the quintessential gray. It is also gray. And it, and it looks nothing like my shirt. It's a different shade, But yes. I, can, I will concede that apparently different people have different definitions of colors. And there's quite a bit of disagreement on this one. All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, he covers the Jazz for the Salt Lake Tribune. He's our good friend Eric Walden. What's going on, Eric? How are you? I always just feel really special when you announce that I'm on the Sprint special guest line. Like I know you do it for everyone, but it just makes me feel really good inside. Like. I'm not just a normal guest appearing on your show. I'm a special guest. You are a special <laughs> guest, Eric. That is. I just fact. want to tell you that really means a lot to me. <laughs> All right, Eric. Um, I don't know if you're. Well, actually, we won't grill him on Brown versus Gray because it'd be hard. He's doing an interview to to look at the at the picture. But let me ask you this question. You know, you've known Gordon for a long, long time. In one to three words, sum up Gordon's fashion style. Uh, oh, did in he? One to three, in wait, one wait, to three wait. words. I've heard you've looked at the picture. Austin just told me. Have you seen yeah, the picture yeah. of what Gordon's Austin, wearing today? Austin did forward me a copy of it. Uh, you, the, the, the debate is whether the shirt looks more brown or more gray. Yeah. What color is the shirt? Uh, looking at it to me, it, it looks gray. Yes! Yes! But I like the way he said that. Eric said to him, it looks gray. It's now, gray. Now, Eric, you can see very clearly there that the sh- that the shirt is faded, and the hat is faded as well. They both started brown for sure. Can you see? I'll can you word see for it? But I mean, that's not necessarily a good thing, Gordon. Like when, <laughs> when Jake was going to ask me to sum up your your uh, yeah, wardrobe in that. one to three words, yeah, go with that. My response was going to be circa nineteen ninety four. So, well, that's pretty good because uh, some of it's nineteen sixty. 
<laughs> so I'm making, I'm heading in the right direction. Um, I may never catch up. But. I love this show. Uh, Eric, thank you for jumping on with us today. Uh, we do want to talk some jazz basketball with you. And I want to talk about this three-game win streak. And there have been some close games, but they've played some good teams. Is there some connective tissue between the three games? Is there something that you've seen that has been different than the five-game losing streak before? Well, there have been a few things. I mean, and, you know, it, it hasn't been totally fixed as we saw uh, late against Dallas last night. But, you know, the things that have stood out have been, uh, they've been they've been moving the ball a little better on offense, and the perimeter defense hasn't been quite as porous as it was previously. I mean, uh, you look back at that five-game losing streak, and really that's that's a lot of what their issues came down to. The guys on the perimeter – not stopping anyone consistently. We know that Rudy's a two-time reigning defensive player of the year, and he'll be right up there in contention for a third straight. But there's only so much that he can do, especially you know when teams start to play these five-out center schemes, uh, you know, trying to draw him away from the basket. When that happens, the perimeter defenders, you know, the the guards and the wings and all that, they need to do a better job of getting between their guy and the hoop. And there wasn't a lot of that happening. I mean, you go back to that loss in Portland, and, you know, Royce has been pretty clearly the Jazz's best perimeter defender all season long, and he could not even slow down Damian Lillard in the least. Um, now, you could you could make the argument who is slowing down Damian Lillard these days, and, and I'll grant you that point, but uh, the win that they had here, you know, a, a week or two later, you know, Damien, like, he's good again, but not quite on the level that he was, I would argue, in Portland. And then the other element to that is they're making other guys, you know, uh, beat them. And when you can slow down a Carmelo Anthony, when you can slow down a C.J. McCollum a little bit, you know, uh, that helps. And then on the other side, there's just been – too much stagnation of late. This team is at its best offensively when they move the ball, you know, when they're not predictable, when they're not just devolving into Donovan Mitchell isolations or Jordan Clarkson isolations, when it's swinging around the perimeter, when they're putting the defense on its heels and, you know, forcing them into impossible situations where eventually they just can't catch up and someone's going to wind up with an open look. Eric, what, uh, how, how concerning is it for the Jazz, or how concerning should it be for them, that it seems like every night, even when they win, they give up big nights to perimeter players, like Tim Hardaway Jr. last night. They, it seems like they really struggled to slow him down, and that certainly has been the case, as you mentioned, with Damian Lillard and Eric Gordon and, and, uh, and others. Uh, is this a weakness on this team? It is a concern. It is it is a little bit of a weakness, Gordon. But um, this is kind of the trade off that, that we that they were going to have this summer. You know, it's like who, after these last few years of finishing top one, top three, top five in the league in defensive rating, and you know, not making it past the second round, they finally just decided. You know what? Without completely sacrificing our defensive acumen. The balances have tipped too far in one way, and we need to bring them a little closer to uh, to symmetry. 
And so the result of that is they've brought in guys who are, you know, far more elite scorers than what they've had in the past, but who don't really have that same level of defensive intensity or ability as what we've seen before. And so, you know, Jordan Clarkson, for all of his strengths, uh, in, in terms of putting the ball in the basket, has never been known as a guy to slow people down. Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, same thing. You know, <laughs> yes, he can hit you some game winners. He's gonna probably give up some points along the way. And so, I tend to think that as as people really kind of, I mean, we're still at less than what, 30 games of having, you know, the team's top eight, nine guys all able to play together between Conley's injuries and Clarkson's uh, relatively late acquisition. You know, there still is some room to grow there and for them to kind of figure things out and, uh, you know, come together a little bit better than what we've seen. But at the same time, I think it's probably just realistic at this point we're going to have to expect there are going to be some nights where they give up some buckets and hopefully they've just got the firepower now that they're able to keep pace with uh, with teams like that. Eric, I want to ask a question I've seen people uh, buzz about online quite a bit, and that's Emmanuel Moutier, who once, once again was really, really good last night with uh, with 12 points uh, on 5 of 8 shooting, and he plays uh, better defense than I thought he was capable of playing, and he was playing well when Conley wasn't in the lineup. And I, I realize that he's the fifth in a four-guard rotation, and sometimes that can be tough to get some minutes, but it, it seems like that he's played well enough there there could be some sort of role even when everybody's healthy. I wouldn't be shocked if if we see a little bit of that, but uh, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, Jake, ultimately the issue is that it's a numbers game, and that if you want to give people all the minutes uh, that you're planning on, you know, there there probably is not a ton there for them. Now, you know, we'll see what Quinn decides to do down the stretch. Does he decide that? You know, maybe Joe Ingles is a little more effective if they're able to drop his minutes somewhat. Um, you know, we'll see what they want to do in terms of Conley. You know, when he first started coming back, he was playing 15, 18, 22 minutes a game. As he's gotten reacclimated to being back out there, it's been closer to 32, 33. Is there some kind of balance to be struck there that enables Emmanuel to get in there? Um, you know, certainly there will be some nights where uh, we saw Jordan Clarkson foul out last night. Guys will get in foul trouble, and uh, Moutier is, will be able to contribute then. But, I mean, as you mentioned, for all the good things that we saw him do, the problem remains he just doesn't do them consistently enough to kind of warrant putting him ahead of those other guys uh, on a night-in, night-out basis. And that's the issue you run into. It's like, yeah, he was he was great last night. They probably don't win the game without his contributions, without his change of pace, without him getting downhill and getting to the rim. Uh, he was better than he has been in terms of keeping his eyes out, as his coaching staff likes to say, and locating teammates for passes. But you know, let's let's not forget. Like, it's not an every night thing that he does these things. He's not a fix-all panacea to their issues. Do I think he warrants some kind of role? Yeah, I do. 
But again, it comes down to what are you willing to sacrifice in order to uh, get him out on the court consistently. Eric, I know you mentioned that there's been some uh, some unsettled circumstances around this team with new additions and and the injury and whatnot. But 53 games in, are you any closer to coming to some sort of idea about what the potential is for this team? That's, that's a really good question, Gordon. We're, we're all still trying to figure that out to some degree, aren't we? Um, that, yeah, that's a tough one because on the one hand, we have nights where they just look like they've got sufficient firepower that they can blow anyone off the court. And when the defense has uh, got you know, a certain level of containment against their opponents, they look like they can compete with anyone in the league. I mean, this is a team that's given the Milwaukee Bucks one of their seven losses this season, you know. Uh, and then the problem remains there just isn't that consistency on a night-to-night basis. There are times where the offense bogs down a little bit, and I think you'd have to say even on those nights, the offense is superior this year to what we saw a year ago. Uh, just given the fact that Donovan Mitchell has evolved, given the fact that you've got Bogey and you've got Clarkson and you've got these guys who are capable of stepping up and filling that scoring void on nights when Donovan doesn't have it. But as we mentioned earlier, you know, the, the defensive consistency has maybe swung a little further uh, than they would like it to. Um I think this is a team that probably at its peak, at its ceiling, is capable of, you know, maybe Western Conference Finals. Uh, That said, I probably have a hard time still at this point putting them ahead of either the Lakers or the Clippers, maybe even the Nuggets. So I think we're looking at at, uh, second round probably and uh, Western Conference Finals as a a high-end option for this team. Eric Walden with us from the Salt Lake Tribune. And, Eric, we talked about uh, Bogdanovich a little bit, but I want to go back to him. Um, is He has been an unbelievable acquisition for the Jazz, and I don't think, honestly, we've we've talked enough about it throughout the season. But do you think they even knew what kind of player they were getting when they signed him this offseason? I think they had an inkling, but I, I would argue that they probably that probably even the coaches – and uh, the the front office guys have been pleasantly surprised by um, just how consistent a second option he's been. I mean, that's what they were looking for, but I don't know that there was necessarily an expectation that he'd be averaging, you know, a career high points per game. Um, if you gave him truth serum, would they have thought he was going to give you anything more than 18, 19 a game? I don't know. And then you look at it and it's, 2021 like a huge difference no but how many times this season uh has he scored more than 30 you know the guy is just one of the elite corner three-point shooters in the entire game today and the fact that uh he's got just this totally irrational confidence to keep putting it up there even on nights where he's not having a great shooting night um has been tremendous for them now that's not to say again that like he's without problems. Clearly, uh, we'd like to see him put it on the floor a little bit less. 
Uh, I personally think that if they could turn him into a little bit less of a ball handler and a little bit more of a Clay Thompson type, just coming off screens all game long, uh, limiting his turnovers, limiting the opportunities to uh, enable defenders to take the ball away from him, that's probably where he's operating at his peak. But, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to argue that this guy wasn't one of the steals of the offseason. I know there's probably still some lingering concern out there about how he's going to look at the uh, the back end of this contract. But for now, I mean, clearly one of the best free agent moves of the season. Now, Eric, I got another tough question. And the only reason I ask you the tough ones is because I have so much respect for you. So let me get back to Mike Conley. On a scale from zero to ten, 10 being absolutely a difference maker and zero being not a difference maker in a positive way. Where do you think Mike Conley will end up once the, uh, the postseason begins? Uh, on that scale, I'd put him probably at like a seven or eight. Um, I really think we've seen signs of him starting to come around, of him starting to perform closer to that level that we saw from him with the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, I I would argue that first week of this regular season is a long ways away uh, just in terms of, you know, his total comfort with the offense, with his ability to go out there and keep the team afloat. Uh, I really think it was a great move on Quinn's part to kind of shift what he was doing with those lineup changes where it had been Donovan running primarily with the second unit. And of late, we've seen that be more Mike Conley. I think that gives him an opportunity to handle the ball more, to run the offense a little bit more, to be something other than just kind of a bystander waiting for Donovan to finish his initial action and then give it up to him if that doesn't work. Um, I really remain high on what Mike Conley can bring to the team. And I think we've seen a lot of signs of that over the last four or five games. Eric Walden with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Eric, I, I think you do great work. Of course, you and Andy Larson on, on the jazz beat. And I always wonder this about beat writers because you see so much and there are so many storylines with particular teams and you can really only write about so much. Is there a storyline that you've been following that maybe has been kind of going under the radar? Maybe something you want to write about eventually but just haven't maybe gotten the complete picture yet? Well, something that we've seen start to happen in the last few games, uh, and which I imagine I probably will write about in the near future, is the possibility of Jawan Morgan starting to get uh, more minutes, kind of playing the small ball center role for this team. Um, I don't think it's any secret that teams have started to kind of you know, maybe play around with what the Houston Rockets have full-on done against the Jazz, which is deploying, you know, a lineup of smaller guys, of uh, playmakers and shooters, and thereby trying to lessen Rudy's impact. Rudy is, you know, Rudy is Rudy. He's one of the elite defense players in the league. He's going to be able to adjust to any situation no matter what. Uh, But much to his chagrin, you can't play him 48 minutes a game. And so what we're seeing is in these situations, Tony Bradley, for as hard as he's worked and, you know, all the effort that he's put in 
to get himself to this point has physical limitations against those kinds of lineups. Um, he's a little, he's big, he's a little slower, he's not quite as athletic, and uh, to be perfectly honest, his his defensive recognition is not fully there all the time. I think we've seen a number of circumstances where he's half a second slow reacting to a rotation, and you know that's part of the reason why he's one of the. Uh, why he's whistled for fouls so frequently? Jawan Morgan is six foot seven and two hundred fifty-five pounds, and the Stars staff and the Jazz staff have worked incredibly hard to kind of get him to utilize his uh, his, his mobility, being able to stick with these kinds of smaller guys. You know, to be able to rotate to a PJ Tucker or an Eric Gordon or what have you. And so I think it'll be interesting to see going forward what kind of minutes we see out of him. Now, Jake, I don't know if you know this about Eric, but he's uh, kind of a, I consider him a renaissance man a little bit. You you may have noticed in the past that he has written reviews for various musical uh, groups and artists through the years. He's a fellow Guns N' Roses fan, yes. Yeah, and and those people who do that, the language they use is beyond just what you typically see in sports. Uh, There seems to be a depth of understanding and perception that may be pretty deep. So let me ask you this question, Eric, with that in place. Who's the greatest rock band or rock artist to ever walk the earth? Who is the greatest ever? That's just such a subjective question, Gordon. I mean, I want your uh, you know, there there are rock bands that are I will concede are classic all-time greats that just don't do anything for me. I mean, uh, and 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 vice versa, bands that I love and that you could acknowledge are tremendously talented and that don't do anything for you. Like uh, Neil Peart, uh, incredible drummer from Rush, uh, who passed just recently. I can acknowledge he was, a, he was a technical virtuoso, and Rush's music doesn't do a thing for me, you know? <laughs> so I know it sounds like I'm equivocating, like I'm dodging, uh, I can't say who's the greatest. I, I can only say who I love. Who do you uh, love? Guns, Guns and Roses is my all-time favorite band. Wow. I still remember to this day, and this is this is dating myself, although, you know, not dating myself the way that you admitted when some of your clothes come from, but <laughs> I remember the day when my older sister brought home Appetite for Destruction on cassette tape, threw it in the tape player, and just from the three first songs it was unlike anything that i'd ever heard before and i recognized that it was a a transcendent moment in my in my musical life wow all right hey by the way austin i should have asked him who was the greatest uh, rock band to rock and roll the face okay. of the earth. Yeah. Roll. <laughs> All that, right. That's an inside joke around here, Eric, that I wouldn't expect you to understand what that was all about. But uh, I've, got, I've got a quick question for Eric. All right. How about this? Who was more hoarse, Quinn Snyder after the Houston game the other <laughs> night or a 35-year-old Gordon Monson at a Patsy Cline concert? <laughs> <Stop it. laughs> 
Oh, can we call it a tie? Um, oh, I don't know. Was also was was Patsy blaming? Was Patsy calling out Gordon the way that Quinn was calling out Tony Jones the other night? That was my favorite moment of the evening. It was good. Oh, Quinn man. just wanted to be done. <laughs> oh man, Eric! Hey, thank you as always for jumping on with us. You, you're the best, man. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime, guys. Eric Walden covers the jazz for the Salt Lake Tribune. Read his stuff online, sltrib.com. And he is the latest operator of the Trib Jazz Twitter account, which uh, since Ross Seiler created it, oh, a dozen years ago, Gordon, maybe more? Been a while. Has been uh, a terrific Twitter follow. Who else has controlled that Twitter handle? Uh, let's see. Aaron Falk did at one point. Tony Jones yeah. did at one yeah. point. Uh-huh. Kyle Goon. Kyle Goon. Uh, Andy Larson. Who was before Brian T. Smith? Oh, Brian yeah. T. Smith was in there. That right? guy. Uh, Columnist at the in Houston now. Yeah, so there there have been a lot of uh, very famous and talented people controlling at Trip every, Jazz, and Eric is just the latest. Every one of those guys very talented, no and, doubt. And, and Ross was as well. He's yeah, uh, terrific writer. Apparently, he's a big time attorney these days. Did you see the uh, piece he wrote after Kobe's passing? I did his Facebook that, post. That was just thing. That was a thing of beauty. Uh, just extremely well written. He covered uh, the Lakers and Kobe for the. Who was it? The I'm not sure. Oh, you would know. It, it was the one that uh, Bill Orem went down and wrote for originally. Oh, now he's for the, the Athletic. Yeah, I think so. All right. Not that anybody really cares about that. Joining us now in studio, our good friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And a lot of folks, uh, and I'll say unfortunately, because it's, it's got to be difficult dealing with this sort of thing, but a lot of folks, uh, unfortunately, Andrew, uh, need to listen up because you can yeah. help them out. Yeah, guys struggling with ED often suffer in silence. They don't do anything about the problem. It gets worse for you and for your relationship. Um, Wasatch Medical has a treatment that is helping a lot of guys. Uh, we've seen from all over the country, really, Guys come in frustrated because the medication that they're given for ED by their urologist or their primary care doctor Mm -hmm. doesn't work. And that's all they get. They get medication, more prescriptions, and we get guys off of the medication every day. Um, Acoustic wave therapy uses an FDA-cleared device clinically shown to open up the blood vessels, regrow blood vessels. So uh, blood flow, blood flow, blood flow. That's what this is all about. That's what these treatments do. And I know we all get a little squeamish talking about this sort of thing, but it's it's a huge part of a yeah. happy relationship. It is. It is. And it hasn't been talked about. You know, the, the Viagra commercials helped kind of bring right. the communication to the forefront. And I think we're continuing that um, because, I mean, guys are sometimes embarrassed to even talk to their partner about it. Right. Much less a stranger or the doctor or going to the clinic. So... Uh, but the problem has continued to get worse. And the American diet and the American lifestyle doesn't help us. Um, but we have seen great results despite age or medical history, which is kind of amazing. All right. Give them a call, 801-901-8000. That's 801-901-8000. And you'll get to see a doctor, and yeah. they'll help you get you more information. It's all free. Yes. Call now. It's a free assessment, free exam, blood flow ultrasound. You'll be able to hear your blood flow. Um, we also have uh, an additional gift for Valentine's Day this week. Call us now. Get started with our treatments. We'll give you a special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. It's been fantastic. I've never seen it fail. So, uh 
Get on track for Friday. Give us a call now. So not only will you take care of things long term, but yes. Valentine's yes. Day will go well, too. Yes, so guys want something instant, and yep. we got it. All right. 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic, 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 Girls Not Gray, we'll AFI going out to Colton. Get your total request Tuesday requests in now. Gordon is wearing his gray theme today. Brown. He's tried out a bunch of different colors over the past, uh, what, six days. And uh, today going with gray. Going brown. If I wanted to go with gray, I would have worn my uh, golf shirt that is gray. I think I have a gray hat, too. Haven't enough people told you that you're wearing gray today for you to come around? No, it's, it's faded brown. But, yeah, you know. if It's gray. If yeah, people I know. who uh, are challenged as far as their eyesight goes want to say it's gray, then I'm okay with that. Enough people have said that it's gray. You've got to back off of that, right? Faded brown. I mean, I know there, there are your some. Your shirt, your sweatshirt is gray. It's also gray. No. Yes. These two colors are nothing alike. So apparently, what, pretty much, how many people have responded to you uh, on your tweet now, Austin? Like four hundred. So uh, there must be like four hundred uh, people out there who have no idea what gray is. Apparently, there are. You know, it's just there are. You know, fifty thousand shades of gray and brown. Mm, okay, uh, Gordon, we haven't uh, talked about this story in a little bit, uh, but the the Astros cheating scandal con- continues to kind of unwind. A little bit. And uh, there's a, a piece out there today in The Athletic by Ken Rosenthal and a couple of other writers um, that uh, did some kind of digging into what's going on. And uh, I, I won't necessarily read through the piece, but the, the kind of the overall theme is that Carlos Beltran was the creator and leader. driving force behind the cheating scandal and that even A.J. Hinch was uncomfortable with it but uh, could not challenge his, I guess, politics that he had in the locker room, that he had more power in that locker room than A.J. Hinch did. We talked about that a little bit, right, where where Hinch tried to disrupt it by, what did he do? He smashed a monitor or something like that? Um, and, he expressed his displeasure. Right, and but it didn't matter. Um, there was There's a story in here about uh, Brian McCann, who uh, expressed during the 2017 season that uh, that he didn't uh, uh, wanted Beltran to stop? Um, apparently, Beltran, or this is according to McCann, he said, "quote He disregarded it and steamrolled everybody." Where do you go if you're a young, impressionable player with the Astros, and this guy says, "We're doing this"? What do you do? Um, yeah, that's one of those peer pressure things that people and, and many of our listeners run across those kinds of issues in their lives, Jake. In one form or another. So I guess so we're going to stand up or not. <laughs> I guess my question to you is, Gordon, and of course, you know, you don't have the uh, the answer because you and Rob Manfred uh, haven't hung out lately. You know, <laughs> I know you two are very close, but but not lately. Why have no players been punished? Yeah. And I, I'm fine with the punishment of the Astros GM and A.J. Hinch because they were basically warned by Major League Baseball that you'll be held accountable if this turns out to be true because MLB caught wind of rumors that this stuff was going on, and they which, warned everybody. Which they should have known. I mean, they should have known it was going to get out like that. When we had Dale Murphy on, that was the first thing he said. 
that when players leave, that's a, they, they talk about what was going on in the inner workings of uh, the team they were on before. And so keeping something like this a secret is, uh, is impossible. One of the things that really bothers me, Jake, as a little aside here, is the downplaying of it by some of the principals involved. Uh, for, oh, ex- it, for example, it really didn't make any kind of difference, you know. It, but that's the point of why you don't do it, because it is going to leave a bad mark on on your achievement if you do reach your goals. And they, uh, I, I, I just, it, I guess it's easy to say these things in hindsight. But uh, I wish for the Astros' sake that they that someone would have stood up and said, no, we're not going to do this. I'm not going to stand for this because if we do get caught, well, one, it's not right. Two, if you do get caught, then it's going to be extremely punitive for the club. And it hasn't been for the players, like you said, but certainly Hinch and uh, and others have uh, have paid a, a substantial price. The players need to be held accountable. I, I don't know. I've, I've kind of been waiting for the other shoe to drop, like maybe there's a continuing investigation or something, and I don't know. Maybe it will, but it needs to. It really needs to. And can I just comment on your little aside there? Uh, because I hate that argument so much. Well, it really didn't make a difference. Yeah. Well, then why'd you do it? Right. And and we heard that so much during the steroid era. You remember that? Like, oh, Barry Bonds was already a great hitter. Yeah. And, oh, everybody was doing it. And we heard all this. Oh, it didn't Some really make a difference. Some people it didn't help me at all. I, yeah. Why were you doing it? <laughs> then why were you doing it? I hate that argument so much because it's just, you know what it is? Is It's just dismissive, right? Like, don't look over here. Like, we weren't doing anything wrong. It didn't help anyway. Not the point. Not the point in the slightest. And of course it helped you. Of course it didn't. Because you wouldn't be doing it if it didn't help you. And Carlos Beltran, if you didn't have a history of doing it and had a history of it helping you, you wouldn't have created this uh, cheating ring within the locker room, which he was obviously in control of the whole way. So why on earth, and I realize he's not playing anymore, but he deserves to be punished. Get back some of that money. Well, it, uh, let's keep our eye on this thing. I don't, maybe the league, maybe Major League Baseball is feeling some pressure not to go after the players because of the way the union will react. I, I, I don't know what their thinking is, but obviously the players were willing participants. In one way or another, whether actively benefiting from the old trash can or buzzer or whatever, or you know, turning a blind eye to it. But to be honest, a lot of those players who are you know young in the league or or just trying to fight to hang on or not somebody making thirty million dollars a year. I mean, you think about that. You know, the way that these guys are paid, it gives them this status in the locker room that's above the manager. It's above the general manager. Yeah. And maybe at some point we should get Brian uh, Brian T. Smith to come on. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, he's a columnist in Houston and has been all over this. I'd be I'd, I'd like to know sort of what the reaction has been down there because you know when when it involves a team that you either have played on or, or you do play for or you're a fan of that team. I wonder if the environment is to downplay it, even though certain individuals have indeed been punished oh of course it's to downplay it and it's the great hypocrisy of fans that when it happens to somebody else's team you're outraged and storming the gates 
And if it happens to your team, you go, oh, it didn't help. I mean, oh, geez, I, they, they still won. They still won. You can't take away the world. They, they still won. It's just it's it's hilarious. Right. I mean, it's it goes right to where you, you know, uh, you hate a player when he's on the other team. But all of a sudden he gets traded to your team. And it's like, oh, what a great addition. <laughs> it's <laughs> just terrific. Perspective and uh, point of view. Huh? It's just, I, I mean, it, it is what it is, and it's actually kind of something that's that's believe it or not, kind of dangerous because fans get blinded to the behavior of the the organizations and the fan and the, the the universities in some cases that they cheer for, where they excuse just just horrible horrible things all in the name of fandom. I have see to, Penn State, but I, oh yeah, but it's, I have to believe though, Jake, that there are many Astros fans who were disappointed when they found out the truth. And uh, did feel like, okay, that shouldn't have happened the way it did. And they they want to exonerate the team, but can't. All right, we want to remind you about Win Ticket Wednesday coming up tomorrow. Win tickets to go see Nickelback. They're bringing uh, some of their biggest hits to Salt Lake City on the band's 2020 headlining tour, celebrating the 15th anniversary of their diamond-certified number one album, All the right reasons. Uh, they will perform the album in its entirety, in addition to a slew of hits fans know and love. Joined by special guest Stone Temple Pilots, this is a tour stop you won't want to miss. Your chance to see them live is Saturday, September 19th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com or simply listen tomorrow. Each show will have a pair of tickets to give away throughout the day. Coming up next. Not Sports Report. Woohoo! Bowler joins us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Grave squirrel, grave squirrel, swish your bushy tail. Grave squirrel, grave squirrel, Shout out to Chad who wanted the, what is this called, the Gray Squirrel song? All right. He, he kinda, said this video is so Gordon Monson. You do kind of look like a Gray Squirrel. No thoughts? Nothing? Uh, I don't uh, judge people. Uh, I don't see color. No? No. Okay. Uh, let's get to the... <laughs> Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordo, where are we going today? We're celebrating a birthday for someone who unfortunately has passed on, but uh, is uh, today would have been his 94th birthday, Leslie Nielsen. All right. Funny man. And I found this on... Enrico Palazzo? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody, look, it's Enrico Palazzo! I found this on a a website that uh, we frequent around here just to find wacky, crazy sports news. And in celebration of Leslie Nielsen's birthday today, 94... By the way, he started his career as a very serious actor. Hmm. And I find that... Thank goodness that didn't last. I, I find that fascinating since he became... I mean, I couldn't even look at that guy without laughing. I couldn't even look at him without laughing. So on this website, they compiled some of uh, Leslie Nielsen's best movie lines. Okay. 
So let me the read. truth hurts, doesn't it, Habsburg? Oh, sure. Maybe not as much as jumping on a bicycle with a seat missing, but it hurts. <laughs> let me read some of these, all right? And Austin can sprinkle in whatever he wants there, but uh, surely you can't be serious. From I it? am serious, and don't call me Shirley. From airplane? What's that smell? Oh, that would be me. That would be me. I've been swimming in I love sewage. it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. A hospital. What is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not important right now. Wilma, I promise you, whatever scum did this, not one man on this force will rest one minute until he's behind bars. Now let's go grab a bite to eat. <laughs> Jane, since I've met you, I've noticed things that I never knew were there before. Birds singing, dew glistening on a newly formed leaf, stoplights. Just think, next time I shoot someone, I could be arrested. <laughs> Same old story. Boy finds girl, boy loses girl, girl finds boy. Boy forgets girl, boy remembers girl. And girl dies in a tragic blimp accident over the Orange Bowl on New Year's Day. Good year. No, the worst. It's true what they say. Cops and women don't mix. It's like eating a spoonful of Drano. Sure, it'll clean you out, but it'll leave you hollow inside. He's in intensive care, in intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. And two more. Protecting the Queen's safety is a task that is gladly accepted by police squad. No matter how silly the idea of having a queen might be to us as Americans, we must be gracious and considerate hosts. And then this one. That's no way for a man to die. Ah, uh, you're right, Ed. A parachute not opening, that's a way to die. Getting caught in the gears of a combine, having your beep bit off by a Laplander, that's the way I want to go. He's just funny. I mean, I, I, I love Les. You'd better tell the captain we've got to land as soon as we can. This woman has to be gotten to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not important right now. Tell the captain I must speak to him. I love Airplane. That's such a good movie. I mean, even the lines that aren't that funny, when he actually says them, they're funny. That deadpan delivery. <laughs> it's just, it was genius. Oh, man. Happy birthday, Leslie. Wherever you are, we miss you. All right. Uh, joining us now in studio, he is our good friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And we're getting uh, folks uh, ready for Valentine's Day, maybe to, to enjoy Valentine's Day for the first time in a while. We are. Yeah, Valentine's Day this Friday, guys. So don't forget it. Um, Wasatch Medical has a treatment that can get you back on track in the bedroom. It's called acoustic wave therapy. Uh, typically, you do a few of these treatments. It opens up the blood vessels enough that you don't have to take the pill anymore. Um, what's so cool is that, let's just call it four or five treatments on average, done over two to three weeks, that's it. You don't have to continue to do this. The pill is something you take maybe for the rest of your life, um, if it works. And this is something that, you know, two to three weeks you could be done with this and seeing results before Valentine's Day. The results come very quick. And the, the spontaneity has got to be a key with uh, with folks that you see, Andrew, where they yeah. just want to get back to normal. Yeah, they do. There was a time in everybody's life where things worked without having to think about it, stress about it, pre-plan with the pill or the injections. That's where they want to get back to. They, you know, they think back with fond memories on those times. And that's what we're seeing our treatments restore. 
All right, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. And if you've even thought about this before, this is a great time because you can go see a doctor, get more information, you can do it all for free. Yep, this is the best offer we've run. Call us now. We'll do an assessment exam, blood flow ultrasound, totally free. That's uh, a no obligation, no sales pitch exam. Um, for Valentine's Day, if you get started on our treatment, we'll give you something that produces instant results in the bedroom, so you'll be ready. Uh, and that's free as well, so give us a call. All right, that number again, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. You got it. All right, more straight ahead. Bowler joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.